You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practice Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, how do I implement digital dentistry? And what are some of the difficulties out there? And how do I just get over this hurdle and get started? Well, today I interviewed a good friend of mine, Dr. Marcos Vargas. He's a brilliant teacher and an awesome educator. And he shares with us the difficulties in digital dentistry. So listen up. I know you guys will enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam around here. I get to find the coolest educators, the most brilliant dentists anywhere and share this information so you guys can create a better practice and a better life. And one of the hottest topics in the world right now of dentistry is digital dentistry. And today we're going to be talking about difficulties of implementation, the DDD, difficulties in digital dentistry with Dr. Marcos Vargas. Marcos, thanks for being on, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, hi, Kirk. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. It's always a pleasure, my friend, to be here. I always feedback on your energy. You are awesome. You know, it seems like it's like I, I want to do more better every time that I hear you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're very, very kind. And as you guys will see, or as you'll hear, Marcos is just an incredible human being and an amazing clinician. And I feel the same. Uh, I hang up with you and I want to be a better person. So uh, um, we're going to talk about this topic and, uh, and we're going to get into this. But I always like to start here. And I want people to know who you are. Uh, if I've never heard your name before and I'm a new listener, who's Dr. Marcos Vargas? Well, I, am a, I was born in Peru in 1963. I'm already dating that old. I am old. But I don't like to say that I'm old. I say, like, I'm experienced. <laughs> like, we, don't, we all want to do that, right? I want to say that. But anyway, I was born in Peru, in Lima, Peru. And then I migrated to the States after completing my dental degree in Peru, came to Rochester, New York, the, where I did some AGD, a couple of years. After that, I really wanted to do more um, restorative dentistry. So I came to Iowa to do the operative dentistry program under you know, my, one of my mentors, uh, Jerry Dennehy. Great program. I'm talking about almost 30 years ago now. 
Um, and then, you know, my plan was to go back to South America, but I was offered a job and Jerry says, hey, you know what, if, if you like it, you stay. If you don't like it in a couple of years, you just go back. And that sounded good to me at that point. And 30 years later, I am still teaching in Iowa and I still loving it. It's my Teaching is my passion. And I do believe that to teach, you have to do. And to do, you have to learn, you have to read, you have to keep yourself updated. So this is in a nutshell who I am. I am married, have two kids, two, two blessed with two amazing kids that I'm so proud of them. And, you know, I, 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 when I describe myself, maybe I should have said that I am a parent, number one, I am a husband, equally husband and parent. Number two, and I'm a, I'm a teacher. Yeah. Number three, I think I'm a dentist. So that's me again, in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, and I'll just piggyback on that. You are an awesome human being and you're a phenomenal teacher. So if you have a study club and you haven't had Marco speak, what are you thinking? Like he's a brilliant educator. You'll enjoy this. And uh, Marcos, I always like to, you know, start with the where are we on the map as far as digital dentistry? This is a hot topic. Everybody talks about it. Where, where are we at this point in time of implementation? Is it taking over the world? Is it slow? What, what What's your opinion on where we are? Oh, I think more and more dentistry is moving towards a digital you know, I think there's more interest, not only from the younger generation, but older generations are jumping in there too. This is a subject that moves so fast, you know, and they also have, there are so many components. What is difficult, the implementation, when, we, when we're thinking about why is it difficult? And you think about that uh, is, is, is economics part of it, right? And one of the difficulties is where do you jump into it? Right? right, it's kind of like a buying buying something new, you know. When do I jump into it? I wait for the model of this car. Now that I wait a couple of years with more more features, more things, or so jump there. So it's a little difficult to know uh, where to jump. Um, here at the school at Iowa, you know, we for the last ten years we've been in that kind of a jumping in constantly, because in academics we need to be up to date because we are the teachers, right? Right. We're trying to teach this new generation of students to incorporate den digital dentistry. So I, I do believe, again, going back to your question, that I think it's advancing so fast and it's, the implementation is getting faster, faster and faster, especially by the younger generations, I would say. Yeah. And then if I'm because I hear these these, you know, these factors, Marcos, like the scanners, the equipment itself changes so much, you know, it's like, I see something newer and brighter and shinier. Is this an expensive game to get in? And if you were going to say, where do I start, you know, which piece of the technology learning or thought process would I start with? I guess I'm coupling a couple questions in there. No worries. So I will say that, um, like anything, I think there's no right or wrong when you jump. The sooner you jump, the sooner you are going to get into digital, obviously. Right. I will say if I am by knowing and looking at the market and looking what I know digital, I will jump right now. I think it's been, the technology has been proven. There is a lot of research behind the scanners we have right now to the point that I will say, yes, you can work, you can jump right now and immediately get good results, right? Yeah. Now, where, how do you jump into it and what areas? Is in, is in aligners, it's in restorative dentistry. 
I think in general, most dentistry would do restorative dentistry. So getting jumping to being yourself a scanner, an intraoral scanner, I, I would say that was the um, entry point, buy yourself a digital scanner. So you, with that, you are going to scan uh, upper lower arches bites, uh, crown preparations. So maybe start with a crown preparation that is super gingival, something relatively simple. And then communicate with your lab that you are jumping it. And the labs, be surprisingly, but I think the labs, any lab you pretty much talk in the United States, not everyone, but the grand, the, the grand majority, they already are digital. Right. So as dentists, we haven't jumped into digital when laboratories already are way far ahead than the dentist in digital technology. Right. Because, you know, we still, some cases we do analog impressions with impression material. The laboratory is going to scan those impressions and work everything digital. So when I think it's much easier, faster, that if we just scan and send that data to the laboratory, they don't have to do that. It's the communication is faster. You don't have to wait for the impression to get right to the laboratory. It's immediately. I send it now. In two seconds, they already got it. So they can start with your case. Yeah. Turning time is much faster, I will say. So, you know, going back to your question, yes, I think is right now it's it's as good as any time to jump into digital dentistry. Yeah, and I would imagine you know you work in the school itself, and the question always comes up: Should we learn analog first and then go to digital? It's it's not. We don't even we don't even get a chance to answer that question. These kids are learning digital right away, right? Is that is that Correct. what you're seeing? Correct. It's a it's a parallel. Right. So then we uh, we get the, we teaching the principle of let's say a crown, right? Crown preparation, and then there is the white on the fork, and we say, well, now we have to take an impression. So you can do it either way, digital or analog. And then we start talking about a little bit about the advantages, disadvantages of maybe one over the other one. But also, we need to be um, conscious that some of those students are going to be practices where they don't have digital yet. Right. So we need to teach them both. But again, right. I would say more and more people is jumping, but not everybody is digital. Right. So in academics, it's a little difficult to to make that complete change, uh, or, or or maybe when, when what percentage you say digital, what percentage you say analog. So that's what we teach in both parallel. So you can do your impression digital analog. Now the principles are the same. Right. right? You have to have um, good visibility of the margins as as much as possible, super gingival margins and things like that, that really help right. um, do it. So it's, it's one of those scenes out there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know where this fits in there, but the conversation around AI, where does AI fit into um, digital dentistry? I mean, because you can't go anywhere now without hearing the words AI. What do you see AI's role in digital dentistry? Well, you'd be surprised, but they're already like, like we don't, we don't, we think about AI as something that it can do everything, right? right? Sometimes I saw oh, artificial intelligence that that's everything. I don't have to even touch it. But artificial intelligence has different degrees, so we already have artificial intelligence these machines, right? So, right. like some of this equipment, you scan for a crown, you tell it what crown you are looking at, and the the machine immediately IA in the machine finds your margin. Right, so there is already something incorporated in these systems 
to help you to design what you're doing. So a lot of the process of digital, it's it's driven by I, uh, AI, and we just don't even realize it. Right. right. But a lot of things are already going into the modern dentistry with IA. Now, now there is a point that might take over the dentist, but we I think we're far from it. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I think that's going to happen. My oh my gosh, that's where everybody wants to go first. And I think by the time AI takes over dentistry, if it does, I mean, we probably they'll probably take over the human race first, you know, type of a thing. So uh, I don't know. I think that's a long ways away. Um, we always talk about team implementation. Uh, talk about it, it's one thing for the dentist to learn this, but then there's a certain point where the team's got to learn this. And uh, to to really start the adoption process, what are you seeing on your side of things? Um, yes, I think this is one of the difficulties when we talk about implementation. Right. Is that something as a dentist you want to jump into something, right? You go to a meeting and you you go to talk to a rep or go to the floor or the, the exhibitor floor and you get excited about implementing something in your practice. You come back and and your stuff is like. Well, just settle down a little bit. We need to talk about it. We need to think about it. So it's important to have the people in your team buying in the concept of digital. Not only buying in that is um, it's, 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 it's faster, uh, maybe it's more accurate, has other advantages, right? Because with analog, let's say, I, let's stay with impressions, you know, really small area. What I think really simplifies with digital is in restorative, Right, you're doing a crown, and then when you do analog, you might not get a margin. What does it mean? You have to retake the impression. In digital, it means you delete that area you didn't get, do a very isolation, re-skin, and you get the margin. Mm -hmm. So a speed, comfort for the patients are seeing that. Um, when I talk to my team, I, I we discuss it and I say, well, you know, think about the advantages. We don't have to have the, the material for five minutes in the mouth. Uh, the, the patient is going to be more comfortable because there is no that they call it the goo. I hate that goo. People will say, and when the first time you digital with those, it's like, oh my god, I love it, doc, because I, I hate that goo. I feel like salivating, you know, saliva all over, and they love it. So again, bringing the team in that way, at least that's the way uh, I, I I found out that is a very good way. Benefit for the patients, benefit from them is that there's less cleanup because. You know, you don't have all that impression material going around and you have to clean it. It's faster. Patients like it. They're happier with the assistant, happier with the dentist. And some of the assistants get excited about this. So uh, they can scan. They can scan. Um, instead of taking models, alginate models, you can take scans, right? Yeah. And then you can print them. That's probably the next step into getting into digital. Maybe get a printer in your office. But I think that's a second step once you're comfortable with the scanning. So again, the team, I think the team realizes the advantages. And once they use playing the advantages to your team, I think most teams are excited within the technology in, in this um, improvement in patient service. Yeah, absolutely. And the scanner thing, I don't know, I'm, I'm my, my, my nervousness just went up. There's a 3D uh, printing company that just moved in upstairs and they actually have a wall of printers that they used a year ago that are completely out of date. They call it, I think they call it the cemetery. You know, it's like where, oh as a, but it's, it's a very light thing. Uh, um, I can't remember. I'm gonna have to, I, I just got a tour of it. And so, and these printers are smaller and less expensive 
than the than the printers that they produced a year ago. And it's crazy what they can do. So it's always exciting. Now, I love this industry a ton. I love it, love it, love it. You know dentists, Marcos. They like to create obstacles that don't exist. What do most people get wrong about digital data? They come up to you and go, I know, Marcus. But like, what's the number one obstacle we create for ourselves when it comes to digital I think we, we, we think it's, I am happy what I'm what I'm doing. Yeah. Why to change? Why to get? <laughs> why to modernize myself if I'm already happy with what I am? Yeah. You know, that's I think that's sometimes. For I wouldn't say that that's not right, but I think we produce fear in ourselves because we are we are afraid of change. Right. So moving from analog to digital is change by itself. So right. people is like, no, this is, it's working fine. Why do I have to do it again? Why have to do it? How do I have to change? And and then the expense. So they kind of make a little more excuses than really there are not to jump into uh, digital. Right. They like to use the seven most, we like to, all of us, the seven most expensive words in business. That's the way we've always done it. And you've always got to, you always got to challenge the status quo, you know, and then you know, there's always these questions that come up about digital dentistry, you know, is the widespread adoption of digital dentistry leading to, you know, the traditional lack of skills and craftsmanship? Like, tell me your thoughts on that. I, I don't believe that. I do really do not believe that. Right. Because what do we know? We know that, uh, the, the better dentistry we do, much easier for the technology to follow out, follow right. up on that, right? Like my margins, the better margins, the smoother margins I give to the, the digital, the better the fit is going to be on my crown. Yeah. So the craftsmanship I seen is still there. So when we try to teach somebody digital, I tell him, you know, um, digital is just a different way to get an impression instead of analog is digital. But the, the quality of the work should be as good for both, should be the highest quality you can put out there. Right. So I will never equate um, loss of quality, loss of craftsmanship uh, to digital. I will yeah. say that should be maintained. We need to maintain that quality of dentistry. Yeah. So even if the market changes and the technology becomes less expensive, taking some small steps in the right direction are a good thing for you. So you probably start with the scanners, then you go to the printers. Is there a third step that you'd take? Yeah, I think once you once you maybe do that, uh, maybe start designing your cases, right? Move a little further along to digital smile design, right? Or or bridges, span your restorative, right? And mix it with aesthetic, meaning. You can take photos of the face, a smile, a repose, and then uh, get your scans, put them in the computer, and you can design. You can start showing the patient if you will do veneers, if you will close a diastema. So all of a sudden it becomes diagnostic tools at the same time, not only tools for the restorative dentist, but also for the diagnostic portion of the, of the uh, dentist, right. right? You can incorporate CBCTs, in that, that's maybe another step incorporating the design, CVCT. You can uh, plan your implants. Uh, are, the, the water just opens up after you go step by step. I think the first one is, like you say, the scanner, the second one is the printer, and the third is design into the, into the computer. 
Yeah. Now, do every dentist want to get in there? Maybe not. Maybe some would like to get in there from a diagnostic point of view. Some of them like to go diagnosis plus treatment. You start combining things in the digital world, and that's very doable. Some people already do it, does it that way. Yeah. We try to teach it that way. At least from the aesthetic point of view, we, with the students, with the senior students, we'll take photographs, scans, CBCTs, and then sometimes for an aesthetic case, oh, now with the CBCT, I know where is the bone, I know where is the gingiva, where is the CEJ? Oh, we can plan to the detail how the surgeon, the periodontist is going to trim the tissue for me to, to have the ideal ratio, length of the crown. Uh, and then all that planning, or maybe I have a missing tooth that have an implant, how everything fits. So digital also bring multidisciplinary dentistry together, I will say. For sure. For sure. Now we live in a world where everybody wants everything right now. So Marcos, let's say I'm a dentist listening and I'm not digital. I want it now. Like how, help me manage my expectations. Like how many months is this going to take? Or is it going to be a couple months, two months, three months? I mean, what are your thoughts? I think that the, the stage number one, getting the, the, um, the scanner and start scanning, it should be maybe a week and a couple of weeks. Right. You know what I mean? Because again, uh, if you're going to start scanning for models or things like that, you scan and send it to the lab, they print it, you get it back. Or for a crown, you send it, they send you crown back with the model and everything. So that's that's one or two weeks, I think you should, be, you, should you are there. You know, my suggestion to everybody getting into their scanners, don't start with a, like a, a five, six unit bridge or even a three unit bridge, start with a single crown. You know, because I think that's the easiest that you learn, you learn uh, practice. I think the more you practice ahead of the patient, the better you are going to be scanning. Yeah. Like for a long time, once we start getting the scanners, like probably 10 years ago, I will come in the morning and then just fire up the scanner. In that time, we had um, um, the 3M scanner that I don't remember the name nowadays, but you had to power it and everything. So I will go and practice in my model, right? Because the patient comes in and every time becomes faster, faster, and faster. So practice. Don't 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 feel like don't think that immediately you are going to just run with it. Yeah. You need to start slow with a easy dentistry. You don't want to start with a very complicated dentistry. So be patient. I will say be patient because eventually that piece of equipment will pay it off itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I like to always jump in the future because it's anyone's guess. Marcos, you get to see a lot of cool stuff. It's anyone's guess. What's the future look like for digital dentistry? You know, I, I, the only thing that I can say is better than better than better. I don't have any doubt that a lot of the things that we're doing is going to get even more mainstream digital. I, I you know, I might even say now. Now it seems like it's mainstream. You go and talk to a group of people and, you know, uh, the idea of impression is kind of foreign to some people. Some people have gone completely digital, you know what I mean? So uh, is, is mainstream or not, it's kind of difficult. But it, every time that I try to foresee the future, it's like, oh, my God. I think it's bigger, bigger and better, you know, faster scanners. Eventually, the scanners are going to become cheaper. The scanners that can look, see through blood, to, to saliva. Wouldn't that be great that you just prepare the tooth and it's bleeding, you know, because you neck the gingiva, all of a sudden the scanner itself with Doppler, Doppler radar or whatever you can meet, meet your eyes, you know, they get you the margins, they get you everything and give you 
IA will give you warnings. Oh, there is a rough margin here or a J margin. And then and things like that, I think eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. That is going to make life to the dentist much easier. Yeah. You know, it just, it just has to be. Yeah. And so I, I have a million questions for you, you know, because you get to see this stuff firsthand. I want you to talk about the experience in dental school. You know, if I'm a dentist listening and I went through 10 years ago, there's a lot of stuff going on about the experience in dental school. There's a lot of pressure to go from three, five or four years to three years. You know, there's a lot of pressure on these kids financially. What would you say about the current experience uh, and I do have some some kids that ask me, I want to go to dental school. Like, what would you say? Here's what you could expect in the next couple of years. Well, I think uh, dentistry is a great career, you know, and, uh, but I love it. So I will say to anybody that is thinking in dentistry, I love the career. It's the best career for me. Yeah. Period. Yeah. There's no second career or teaching maybe, but my teacher, maybe my second career. But it's going to get more and more digital. Dental school it's expensive and it's not going to get cheaper. So that's one of the things that I don't think is going to happen. It's going to get more expensive. Um, with the explosion of knowledge, right, over the last 10, 20, 30 years, if I look back at myself, when I went to dental school 35, 40 years ago, the dentistry that I know in that time is dentistry that I don't practice anymore. It's completely changed over the years. So that dentistry that I learned is not the dentistry that I practice now. So to a, to a students, I will tell, dental school is boot camp. Basically, to give you the basics to go and pass the board and start practicing dentistry. But learning about dentistry doesn't stop that day. That's, that's just the next day that you need to keep learning, 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 and learning. Because if you drop the ball in learning, you are going to fall behind your colleagues that they are learning, learning, and learning. So one is going to be more expensive. A second, dental school is just boot camp. Third, keep learning through your life. Expect, for expect that everything is going to change that you learn. And with the explosion of knowledge, again, cramming so basic information in four years is so difficult for us. And then pushing to do three years, I don't think three years is enough. Right. For get the get you the boot camp. I think boot camp. Now I call it boot camp because so much knowledge that there is out there. So, uh, is it easy? No, I will never say that getting to dentistry is easy. But it's exciting. It's fun. It's a very rewarding profession in a lot of aspects. So go to dentistry. But like anything in life, nothing is easy and nothing is fair. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to manage expectations sometimes with the students because. They feel like once they go through the four years, they, they, they don't, they learn, they know everything and there is nothing else to learn. But it's no, that's the beginning of your life as a dentist. When yeah. you finish dental school, then you receive your degree. That's the first day you're a dentist. So that, then you have to keep learning and, and, and keep changing your mind. Keep an open mind to the future because that thing is bright. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you have the heart of a teacher as always, and not only for the students, but the postgrads too. So I like how you called it boot camp because that's truly. Now, I know a lot about you. You are 
an active teacher in the Seattle Study Club. You also do some great things with our good friend, uh, dear friend, Dr. Bob Marges. Um, and so talk about talk about some of those things. Uh, what are you up to in the next couple of months? You're out there teaching and speaking to study clubs, but then you're also doing some work with uh, Dr. Stephen Phelan, which is amazing, you know? And, and I think what he's doing up there is incredible as evidenced by the number of people he's training all over. So can you talk about those things? Yeah, you know, I, uh, Bob Bob was my friend. Well, I'm sorry, Bob was my <laughs> teacher. <laughs> he was your friend, not anymore. You What's need, up? You need, you need to edit that out. Off. Okay, <laughs> cut it out. No, Bob was my teacher when I went through the grad program in Iowa. You know, a few people knows that, and since then we're friends. But still, he is my teacher. He was one of my mentors, and he is still one of my mentors, dear friend. He he's an amazing individual. He has yeah. a huge heart, you know. He wants good on people. I tell Bob, you are the the positive of karma. He's a happy guy, you know. It's an amazing person. I am so happy to be involved with him and doing some continuing education with him. We have a online course that is composite mastery online. So we teach anterior posterior composites and everything that is aesthetics, everything with direct restorations. Um, so I am very excited about that course. We have it running with Steve Phelan for the last couple of years. And we have more than 300, uh, 1,300 members, more than 1,300 members now. Wow. It's growing, growing, and growing. So it's been a pleasure to do that. I enjoy working with Bob, and I'm excited about what the things we're doing. We're incorporating a lot of video. People love video. I think it's a, a dentist. You see it done, you learn it. Yeah. So we're putting a lot of video. Um, getting more and more content and and I'm loving it. And we do demos and things like that. So it's been a real pleasure working with Bob. You know, it's kind of re-energized my uh, later years of my career in dentistry, I would say. Yeah. I just drove down there a couple of weeks ago just to get my energy from, I should have stopped by to see you. I didn't. And I'm sorry about that, but uh, he is truly uh, just a, a really gifted human being and just a great, oh. you know, great role model for all of us. And so- absolutely. Yeah. So Marcos, we're going to put, if, if you're listening to the podcast right now, we're actually going to put all the links in there so that you can reach out to Marcos and his courses. That'll all be down in the show notes. So if you're not taking notes, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. Uh, and I want you to check those things out. But uh, before we leave, Marcos, any last thoughts you have on digital dentistry and some of the difficulties? Uh, I think this is a, as good time as any to jump into digital, you know, start slow, involve your team, uh, reach out to um, educators or people that teach us a little bit of the, 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 the tips and tricks of digital dentistry. Uh, keep an open mind, be patient, practice. Those are the things that I will say is the, the initial hurdle to go into digital dentistry, but I will say jump in now because yeah. it's exciting, it's going to get better and better. Awesome, buddy. I really appreciate you, my friend. I love having you on the show, and I'm going to invite you back again and again and again. Is that all right? <laughs> That's perfect. I love, I love you, man. I love your energy again. And so, thank you. Thank love you. Love you thank too, you buddy. Having. Yes. Now, stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening or watching the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, do us a favor. Just hit the share button and share this with your friends. We love all the new listeners. 
that uh, you guys are sending over. And we are lining up some great educators in the coming weeks. So please let us know what you guys want to see. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.